Biblical Counseling and Confidentiality on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And today I am overjoyed to have Tim Pasma with us. Uh, Tim is a pastor at LaRue Baptist Church in LaRue, Ohio. He has been there for 35 years. Tim, people like you are my heroes to know that you've gone to a place and served and shepherded and ministered the Word of God for a long period of time. And so, brother, I appreciate you uh, and your service there. He's an ACBC board member, so in a sense, he's my my boss. And so I appreciate him <laughs> for that as well. Um, now, he's been a faithful ACBC member for, for many years, um, a faithful brother, in the Lord. He is married to Becca. They have six children and 13 grandchildren. And I'm really excited to talk about this topic of biblical counseling and confidentiality. So often uh, people have sort of a misconception about confidentiality. And I think today in our discussion, uh, it, it will help for people to hear just how we think about this idea of confidentiality in the counseling room. Uh, it, it's important that we not be slanderous and tellbearers, but it's also important that we uh, measure what, what's been entrusted to us uh, wisely according to the Scripture. So we're, we're just going to start this time today, Tim, if we can, maybe just using a scenario. That'll help to get people's mind flowing uh, out of the abstract world of you know, talking about possible scenarios and hypotheticals and that sort of thing, uh, into in really into the counseling room. So, so let's think about this in terms of, of something like this. What, what do we do uh, as a counselor when some someone like a sixteen year old boy in the youth group comes up and says something like, "Man, I need to tell you something," but you have to promise you got to promise that you will not tell anybody else. Or, or somebody else says to you in the counseling room, "What am I going to tell? Uh, what I'm going to tell you is very, very difficult." So will you please not mention this to anyone? And, and you promise you won't mention this to anyone, right? Uh, so the question from that is, Tim, first of all, what in the world do we do? And, and do we in biblical counseling believe in strict confidentiality? Well, actually, Dale, we don't because the Bible doesn't talk about absolute mm. confidentiality, which may surprise a lot of people. Mm. But the Bible does not tell us about absolute confidentiality. And what's what's really funny is that People don't think about looking to the Bible to find the answer to that question. Mm. What is confidentiality and is it absolute? It's interesting to me that everybody just assumes it without ever looking at the Bible, which is, again, part of our what we believe, right? The Bible's sufficient for counseling. So let's see what it has to say about confidentiality, where most people don't even think that. Mm. And that's an important caution because, we, you know, as pastors, as church leaders, even even lay people in the church who have, you know, sort of a, a reputation in the church that they're trustworthy or they give wise counsel, we hear questions just like this all the time. Yeah. And so when you hear, um, when you talk about absolute confidentiality, um, what do you mean when you when you say that absolute confidentiality? Well, the idea is that whatever is said in the counseling room um, doesn't go outside the counseling room, that no one else will ever hear of that again, that that um, we just cannot mm-hmm. say anything to anybody about anything that's said there. 
And, and that's a misconception even in the, in the secular world. Some people say, well, uh, you biblical counselors, you're not like the secular world. They're more professional and, and they, they have absolute confidentiality. That's actually a, a false statement. Not that we're comparing ourselves to them, but that, that's a misconception that's out there. I think it's important the way you describe that, that um, we have to measure what we do in practice according to Scripture. And the Bible does not give us permission to maintain a, a level of absolute confidentiality. So then the question is, what in the world uh, do we do? Why then do uh, so many Bible-believing evangelical Christians accept this idea if it's something that's unbiblical? Well, historically, I think maybe, I think maybe this has come through us through the Catholic Church, which has had a tremendous influence, of course, on Western culture. Mm -hmm. And so our culture has imbibed that and uh, so I think that's kind of where, where it may have come from. If you, if you look at the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is published in 1994, you'll find it there defined very, very clearly as keeping absolute secrecy. And it admits of no exceptions and so forth. And so I think that's had a, a major influence on us. And it's part of our culture. And sadly, Christians accept so much of what our culture says uncritically without thinking biblically, without, like I said earlier, what does the Bible say about this? So we, you know, it's actually we, we conform to the world to a certain degree and we need to get the Bible speaking to us on this issue. Yeah, that's right. And historically, as you mentioned, I've heard people describe it as the clergy clause or the clergy umbrella, where um, in, in the Catholic system of confessions is that there was absolute confidentiality right. if someone came and confessed some sort of sin. And, and, and that idea then bleeds over. Uh, but, but as you mentioned, it's an unbiblical idea, and we have to be cautious and careful as to how far we take that. Uh, so what is confidentiality if we're... If we're uh, nuancing this idea of absolute confidentiality, what does confidentiality look like as the Bible defines and describes it? I think a really good place to start, of course, is Matthew 18, which many of us know as the church discipline passage or the reconciliation passage that Jesus told us. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. Now, notice Jesus commands confidentiality there. You don't go to your pastor and say, hey, my brother is, is doing this kind of stuff. You need to take care of it. He says, no. If there's a, for example, if there's a break in your relationship, you go take care of it. You mm -hmm. can ask your pastor for help in that, certainly. But but you're the one. You don't go to prayer meeting and say, we're at odds. You don't go to prayer meeting. This guy's doing this. You you go and show him his fault just between the two of you. So Jesus actually commands confidentiality. However, if he does not listen, then what? Go and get one or two others, which is to say, now I expand the circle. The, the, the confidentiality is now... Um, not as close, if you will. Now it involves at least two, two or three others. Okay, and so, um, or now it's, it's at least three others. And so, um, so Jesus says you've you've got to expand the circle a bit, right? Now again, if it's taken care of at that level, no one else needs to know, mm. right? But if it's not, what do we do? Then we go tell it to the church. Now we don't t tell everybody in town. Mm. Uh, by the way, being the pastor of a small town church, this is really uh -huh. part of, of our life. Uh -huh. We don't go tell anybody in town about it. And if they don't listen to the church, there's one more step, then you put them out. Uh -huh. But that confidentiality is not absolute because you have to, if you, if, and I like using the term, but you have to break it, if you will, when a person is impenitent, when he's stubborn. And, and note, it's not the struggle against sin that causes that 
Mm-hmm. It's the it's the persistent refusal to deal with that um, expands the circle. Yeah, and that's a really important key to how we would limit our confidentiality. And so we looked at Matthew 18, and that's absolutely foundational, sort of to draw a big circle around how we should think about um, when, when issues that may breach um, normal confidentiality. But is there anything else, as we look at the rest of the Scripture, is there anything else that the Bible uh, speaks to relative to confidentiality that, that we need to take into account here? Yeah, I think we need to take into account the idea of God's love and justice, the ethic of love and justice. Mm-hmm. We, we um, as a shepherd, right, I have to protect the sheep. What happens when a person discloses his intent to harm another person, mm-hmm. right? Well, I have a responsibility then to protect the sheep that God has entrusted to my care. What happens when someone confesses to abuse? Well, the one that's been abused needs protection, Mm -hmm. and I need to be part of that. Um, You know, justice is one of God's attributes, and the government is his appointed agent to implement a measure of justice in a fallen world. Now, we may bridle at that given our culture today, but Mm -hmm. that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And and so um, I can't prevent the government from doing its job of seeing that justice is done. I love Martin Luther when he said, the church is God's right hand and the, and the state is God's left hand. They both have um, spheres of ministry, if you will. And if someone is being hurt or abused, then the government needs to be involved. I need to break the confidentiality at that point. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That helps us to understand. You know, it's amazing to me, Tim, even when we talk about very practical things like this, when we start diving into it, just how much God and His kindness revealed to us in His Word about mundane life like this uh, on our behalf. What a, what a kindness of the Lord. Uh, what, what do we do, though, when somebody comes to us, as we talked about in the illustration in the beginning, when they ask for absolute confidentiality? They're, they're, they're trying to confide in us, and, and they're almost demanding that we, we uh, hold this in absolute confidentiality. What do we do with stuff like that? Yeah, that's a good question. And I'm sure there are some listeners maybe are saying, yeah, there goes your biblical counselors. You're going to blow everybody out of the water. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's a person who's really struggling, and I want to help him. But I got to remember, Jesus told me how to help him, and he knows best. Mm-hmm. And so what I need to say to a person like that is say, listen, man, I can see you're really struggling. But you know what? I can't, you know, I can't make that promise because the Bible forbids me to make that kind of a promise. I can't make that vow because the Bible tells me I can't. But listen. You need to understand that I will keep this as confidential as the Bible requires, and you've got to trust God when He gives us the means of dealing with our problems. Someone may have to, someone else may have to know. Someone else who can help you uh, may have to know about this. Someone that the Bible requires needs to know about this. And so, listen, I can't make that promise, but I can promise you that we'll do what God says in order to really, really help you, and we will be as confidential as as the Bible requires. Jesus actually commands confidentiality. It's not strict, but listen, let's get to work on this. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And it, just as a reminder, when we're engaging somebody in, an, in a formal counseling situation, I would recommend always to have an informed consent where, where you limit those points of confidentiality as we've just described some of those here in criminal situations or in outright rebellious, sinful situations. So that way the person that you're counseling knows ahead of time and they're very aware that there are limitations to confidentiality. And and even in a first session, I'll walk through some of those limits to make sure that a person understands we're trying to honor the Lord 
this will be held in absolute confidence uh, relative to what God commands us to, to hold in confidence. But there are times at which this this might need to be breached. And so um, it's good to lay that out ahead of time. Now, we always get these types of questions because uh, in, in issues that are sensitive, especially that we deal with in the counseling room, can sometimes, as you mentioned, the issue of abuse even, can have um, legal ramifications and may have criminal issues uh, in mind. Give us an idea of what we would call maybe legal confidentiality. Yeah, legal confidentiality. And, and again, you have to know what your state says. Mm. Um, but for the most part... Um, Legal confidentiality is um, it's conditional, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can be as confidential as you um, can be, but there are certain things you must report. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you always have to keep in mind. You have to find out what your, um, what your state laws are. But then um, I've got to navigate those, mm-hmm. those things. And so one of the things that you've mentioned, which I think is of absolute essential importance is informed consent. Mm. Before you start counseling, you have all of those stipulations written out and that person, the counselee needs to sign off on that where you list in, in the form that we use, we at, we actually list those kinds of situations where confidentiality, we'll have to expand the circle. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. And uh, we have that listed out, clearly written down where they need to, to do that. And that usually covers most of what legal systems in different states require mm-hmm. um, that will help. Um, I like what Bob Kellerman says, though, too. One of the ways of navigating that whole system is you need to, to love people like Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, you know, we're, are we going to get sued? Probably. Mm. But if we love people like Christ loves them, if we fulfill the obligation of loving them in the way we ought to, then... Um, then a lot of the legal issues will be taken care of. They won't come up. I think it's an important thing to mention even here is that you mentioned the the specifics in each state. Uh, having a local lawyer that can help you to think through this ahead of time uh, is going to be absolutely critical to know what those specific legal issues are and where um, there are limits of confidentiality as it relates to legal issues. And and they're going to be most helpful to clearly define that because our posture, we do want to obey what the government tells us to do, especially as they're not asking us to sin against uh, the commands of the Lord. So, uh, Tim, this is really helpful as we work through we think about confidentiality. That's certainly our bent. We want to keep those things secret and in confidence. But there are certain areas where the Bible makes clear um, where we cannot hold these things in absolute confidentiality. Right. So, brother, thank you so much for contributing in this way. This is a question that so many people have. Uh, and, and these happen in formal situations and, as you mentioned, in even in very informal situations yeah. in the church. And the Bible has answers and guides for how we're to deal with each of those situations. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know, we have opportunity to answer questions here on the Truth and Love podcast, and nothing delights us more than to make sure that we're answering questions that are relevant to where many of our listeners are. Can I encourage you that if you have a question or would like to get a question answered on the Truth and Love podcast, about some sort of counseling case or a biblical answer to a life situation that you're dealing with or just some sort of question that you have about counseling in general. How do I deal with this issue from the scriptures? 
can we make ourselves a resource to you? Would you ask that question to us? And you can send that question to info at biblicalcounseling.com.